Blessings, new earth souls. This is Sherry, and I'm welcoming you back to Running on Reiki. On today's episode, I'm going to have a conversation, yes, I said conversation, with the element of water in whatever form it wants to come through for us today. As we know, water can have many, many forms on planet Earth. The water energy has been asking for me to be next up on the podcast for a while, really starting around mid to late January. And the interesting thing is that um, I did not know that in Chinese um, astrology, um, this 2022 year is actually the year of the water tiger. So how cool is that? That I was just getting this feeling that talk about water, channel water, focus on water as a teaching and healing modality. I found that out because of some other spiritual teacher that I was listening to. And I was like, ah, that's why water has been, you know, trying to flood me in my sleep state, my dream state, and my awake state. So it's important to pay attention to your intuitions and synchronicities that come up. And, you know, even those of us that may appear to be a little bit more open and awake, what our psychic abilities and gifts doesn't mean that we know everything. We still are in human form and we can't know everything that's going on in the physical and the metaphysical at the same time because that would overwhelm our our systems, you know. We are all just doing our best to process the many different things that are um, thrown at us or show up in our day. So it's important to not overwhelm yourself or to beat up on yourself um, and just try to go through your day with a sense of flow. And when you feel your thoughts and your emotions and your behaviors and your reactions, you know, uh, not being in flow. I mean, here we are, right? Flow. Flow is one of the main energy themes of water, um, then it's time to take a breath, slow down and say to yourself, how did I get out of flow? And, you know, now maybe I'm feeling like I'm being, you know, careened down that uh, rapid river and I'm being beaten against the rocks. You know, I'm not in flow anymore. So what is flow for me? What creates flow for me in my life? How do I get back to that? And, um, and we really need to learn. It is a learned process and a conscious choice to work with any thoughts, emotions, reactions, old beliefs, uh, family belief systems, karma, uh, patterns that are repeating that, that are not serving us. We have to be very aware of them and really work with them to bring them back to a state of flow. So water is a living entity. This is scientific fact. We know this. We cannot actually live on this planet within our bodies or within our bodies without water. The planet is made up of mostly water. We are made up of mostly water. So water is life. We have water in our wombs that um, when a woman is pregnant, she, she carries new life in the womb waters. And we drink water in order to sustain and hydrate our body and to release toxins from our body. So water is vital. But you might say, okay, you know, some of these miraculous things like what I just said about water kind of just become the mundane. It's really kind of crazy how we don't see the miracle around us. When you brush your teeth every morning with water, when you take a shower and clean your body in water, when you drink any beverage that the base of it is going to be water. When you water your garden, when you're swimming in your pool, 
when you're swimming in the ocean, um, when you're wading your feet and you're, and you're feeling refreshed by putting them, dipping them in a creek bed, when you're washing your dishes, when you're washing your clothes, water is everywhere. And yet we somehow bypass the miracle of it. So to some people, it, they may turn this podcast right off and say, um, she's going to talk to water today. Well, that's crazy. She's crazy. But you're here because you're a healer. You're a light worker. You're, you are ascending. You are awakening. And you know that if something is a living entity, then we can converse with it. We can merge with it. We can um, learn from it. We can heal from it. Water is natural. It's abundant. And so therefore, we absolutely can go to the next level with it and utilize it as a teacher and a healing modality. And because it comes in so many forms, rain, ice, the different forms that it flows in, a creek, a waterfall, a pond, a lake, the ocean, even a puddle that you're walking by uh, when you're on a hike in the forest has something to say to you and teach you. Icicles, snow, thunderstorms, tsunamis, clouds. So what I'm hearing spirits say right now is that water takes many forms, but water is me. Water is the I am. And you as humans are mostly made up of water and you take many forms, but you are me. You are the I am. There are many forms but it is all one. And the reason there is the diversity of form is to teach you that all belongs, all has purpose, that one is not above or better than the other. Life is eternal and has value in all of its forms. So yes, water is alive. And because it's alive and it has its own energy, we can talk to it. And that doesn't just mean somebody who channels or is a medium or is psychic. That means everybody. We can look around and see the miraculousness of all of the living entities on this planet and instead of looking at them as just something pleasurable to maybe, uh, you know, go to the ocean for a week, you know, we can actually spend that week w walking along the beach, something that we all love to do, but really actually speaking to the ocean, asking the ocean based on something, maybe that's an intention or something you want to manifest or something you want to release in your life. You can start to tune in to the living entity of the water in a different way. And you can say, uh, what is it that you want to tell me about this situation? Where can I heal? What can I do to heal? Where can I see the truth of this situation? Where can I evolve in this situation? Where can I apply that wisdom to the next situation that I'm in that is similar to this situation? And if you want to use the element of water as your learning and healing modality, you can tune in and say, do I need the ocean or do I need to go to the lake or do I need to walk along a creek bed? Um, 
or maybe you need a little bit of both. Maybe you need the wisdom of each of those three or four different modalities of water in a different way, just like you would pull three or four oracle cards and then you put that information or that wisdom together. So let's go. Let's, let's talk to water today. I'm going to channel the Reiki symbols in a second here. If you want to get comfortable, now if you want to bring the element of water into this as you're listening to me, you can certainly do that. Um, maybe you have a little, uh, like a fountain you want to put on in your house, or you want to put on some meditation music that has the sound of water flowing. Maybe you want to put out a bowl of water um, on your altar and light a candle near it. Maybe you want to listen to this while you're taking a nice hot bath. So you can decide if that's something you want to do, or you can just sit quietly and just um, meditate on the aspect of water and let it just kind of fill your energy system. Before I begin, I just want to do a very quick reminder that I am making this podcast with the Anchor app, which is free and available to anyone. And it's a really great way to get your voice out there, to create your own podcast where you can speak that which is bubbling up inside of you, that which is flowing. And what I'd like to say about that this time, because I'm always encouraging you to create your own podcast. Um, before we begin, I want to remind you that I am making this podcast using the Anchor app. And this ties into water, and I will tie it into water because here's how. I'm always encouraging you to look into the Anchor app and to utilize it. It's a free app. It's very easy to use to create your own podcast. Now, what does that have to do with water? Because when we use our voice and our creativity, which are both aspects of our sacral chakra, which is the water element in our chakra system, it's our element. Uh, the sacral chakra is also about giving birth to things. So again, you have the womb waters there. And creativity, giving birth to things, putting your voice out into the world is an aspect of your flow. So why am I encouraging you to create your own podcast? Because when you sometimes in life feel stuck and you think, I don't know, I don't feel good today. I feel heavy. I feel drained. I feel odd. You know, I just feel off. Most of the time, it's because you are stifling your flow, and your flow is your creativity and your voice. It's what you came here to birth into the world. So you will see that doing anything creative, but especially creating a podcast, will be a way for you to get your flow moving again. You know, think about it. The, um, it, the natural state of flow is the soul moving on its path and its purpose. When we, in, in the human world, we create dams. When we want to dam water or we want to stop it from flowing, and that would really be more of an aspect of the ego, damming up that which is a natural state of flow. So yeah, check out the Anchor app and get your voice, creativity, and birthing process flowing. Okay, so let's chant some Reiki symbols now. I'm going to send you the Reiki energy as a distance healing. And you can tune into your sacral chakra, which is the light frequency of orange. And it's at your gender parts, um, right above your spine. And this again is the chakra 
of the water element. And the themes of this chakra are giving birth, putting your creativity out into the world in various forms, just like water comes in various forms. It could be photography, art, making pottery, creating a blog, creating a podcast, writing a book, etc. Um, it's also, the sacral chakra is also about your five senses and learning about the world and tuning into the world through your five senses. It's about your sensuality, your passion, your sense of play and curiosity. And of course, the water element and the sacral chakra is most um, especially about your emotions. When you think about the tarot deck, the suit of cups is the suit of emotions. So water, we often think about as our pool of emotions. So when you are working, speaking with, uh, merging with the water element in nature, in your life, or even in your home, when you're bathing, cleaning your clothes, your dishes, watering your plants, etc., brushing your teeth, any way that you use water, um, you would want to tune into those aspects. So when you are speaking to the water, you can say, what emotions have you come to rise in me, for me to see, to love, to release, to heal, to learn from? Um, where are you trying to bring more pleasure and play into my life? Where are you trying to spark my creative flow? Where are you trying to get my sensual juices moving? Um, in the sense of maybe fertility, bringing a project or a child into the world, or perhaps just increasing your ability to love your body and see your body as a sensual, um, juicy, fluid creature, you know, to embrace your sensuality. Um, I think all of us have an issue with that because it's been ingrained in us that we are not supposed to love our bodies or love the aspect of sex and using our bodies, you know, strictly for that, for pleasure. I think sometimes, although we're always trying to seek pleasure and joy and passion, uh, when those opportunities come, we tend to damn them up, you know, we tend to shut down that flow because we've been told over and over again, many mixed symbols, you know, in the media, it's all about how you look and, um, you know, being sexy, one of my least favorite words on the planet. But in truth, when we get to that place, we feel like we're wrong or bad if we tap into that, if we have interplay with that, if we really put ourselves out in that area in the way that feels real to us. Okay, so as I chant the Reiki symbols, focus on your sacral chakra and those energetic themes that I just discussed and visualize the man-made dams, whether they are man-made dams that other people have put upon you or beliefs that you have, you know, bought into or created around those energy themes of the sacral chakra and the flow of who you are within that chakra. And so see that dam breaking down naturally and see the water beginning to flow and go back into its natural state of just moving along towards its destiny. Okay, so here we go. Take a nice deep breath in and out and continue to do that slowly in and out throughout this process. Chakra A, 
chakore, chakore. Opening up the flow to spirit, asking for cleansing, clearing, purifying of our entire mind, body, emotions, soul, aura, energetic system in this body, in this lifetime, in all bodies, all lifetimes across all universes and dimensions that we have ever existed. Allowing the flow of abundance and blessings into our lives and clarity and focus for our direction of flow on our soul path. Breathe. Say ki, say ki, say ki. We ask for the balance of our divine masculine and feminine within us to rise up and the release of anything that is not for our higher good. Breathe. Releasing all addictions, obsessions, patterns that no longer serve our life path. Hon Shaze Shonen, Hon Shaze Shonen, Hon Shaze Shonen, asking the Reiki energy of highest, purest love and light, our higher self, and our team of spirit workers of light to come in now, to surround us, to buoy us as we float in the womb waters of the Divine Mother. And let the Reiki energy balance all that we are into a state of bliss and peace, balancing our past, our present, and our future to a place of divine love divine vision, divine truth, divine harmony. We are surrounded in the womb waters in a brilliant orange light. See yourself there floating in the divine mother's womb, free from all lower energies and entities of earth or any other dimension you have lived in floating and free. You are a peaceful babe in the womb waters. You are water. The mother is water. The womb is water. And the earth you will be birthed upon is water. All water, buoying you, preparing you for your creative flow. Breathe. And you float and trust that you can and you will align with your divine purpose and plan. And you float in trust that you can and you will align with your divine purpose and plan. In flow, in flow, in flow. Breathe. Murkafakalishma, Murkafakalishma, Murkafakalishma. Breathe. Daikomio, Daikomio, Daikomio. 
highest, purest, most authentic sense of self, highest, purest abundance, highest, purest guidance and protection, highest, purest deflection of all that is not for your highest good, highest, purest light filling you, buoying you, highest, purest compassion and empathy, highest, purest forgiveness. Breathe, highest, purest creativity, highest, purest vitality, highest, purest manifestation of your dreams. Breathe. Highest, purest use of your truth and voice, of your integrity and authenticity. Highest, purest alignment with self-love and self-care. Highest, purest giving and receiving in balance. Highest, purest living a life of conscious choice, purity, and unity with yourself and all beings on planet Earth. Highest, purest understanding of your gifts and psychic abilities, your metaphysical abilities to connect with all elemental properties like water, earth, fire, air, plant life, the animal spirits, your other fellow human beings, as well as star seeds from other dimensions and the inner earth. Highest purest vision for yourself and the planet and the galaxy. Highest purest connection, sharing, togetherness, breathe. Highest, purest bliss with spirit connection with the angelic realm. And now we call in the beings of the water, the mermaids, the sirens, the whales, the dolphins, the fish, all of marine life, diverse beyond belief. here to heal and teach and connect us to the life waters of the planet. Breathe. Water is life. You are made of water. You are life. You are love. You are loved. Okay, so I'm feeling really calm and blissed out right now, and I hope you are too. And the first thing I'm hearing water say is, water is the way. Humans can do what water does by tapping into the energy of a particular form of water. You can also learn how to heal a particular path in your life by watching the different forms of water. And it could be something that you are, that you are thinking, I do not want to be like that any longer, that form of water, or I want to be like that form of water. So water can teach in um, many tangents is what I'm seeing. 
it's just like anything else in life is what I'm being told. It's not that uh, something we, we tend to want to categorize things and say something is good and something is bad. So here's an example. You might be um, going for a nature walk in a new area and you come across a pond in the middle of um, a flat area and it's just lovely and there's maybe water lilies or swans or ducks um, and that to you feels peaceful and calm. Um, and then of course, if you think about water in the form of a tsunami, you think that it is about, um, destruction and that does not feel peaceful or calm. But the first thing water is saying that it is both of those forms, the pond and the tsunami, and that you should never, you can do what you like. Um, but it is not to your benefit to categorize something. It is the same element, water, in different forms. The higher learning is to say, what can I learn from it? What is it showing me? Can you find calm in a tsunami and destruction in a pond? Yes. Everything is perspective. There is calm in the waters before the tsunami occurs and there will be calm in the waters when the tsunami has ended the calm on ego surface value on planet earth should not be expected that is not why you came here you came to a polar planet to experience the ups and the downs the ebb and the flow water ebbs and flows the calm in the tsunami is within. There is always calm within water because water is God. Water is goddess. But in your life, there will be periods of tsunami where you feel like everything is being blown and washed away, is being destructed. And sometimes this is happening because the flow will come, the calm will come, after the serene will come after the tsunami so there are times that you must allow the tsunami to ride out and do your best to focus on keeping your inner calm and your inner life force in a state of serenity this is the great lesson that you learn when the tsunamis come you can focus on the destruction or you can focus on your ability to keep your inner serenity in the face of the destruction. Now take the pond. The pond on the surface may seem calm, all is well. But if you look deeper and you are truthful, just like in your life, you know that there is a great cycle happening at the pond. There are plants that perhaps are dying from disease, there are animals, insects, fish that are creating the life-death cycle by feeding off of each other. There is muck and scum and algae and sometimes stagnant areas within the pools of the water at the edges. This is very similar. The pond is a life cycle um, chemistry experiment. 
it is showing you in full-fledged the cycle of life. The cycle of life and death. And reminding you that that is a living process. That we, we don't just focus on life itself. That death is a part of the process. And that it is a ever-renewing cycle. Sometimes, like the pond in life, we want to focus on just the beauty, just the surface. And we don't want to look at the death aspects of the life cycle of the water. And when we do this, we ignore the fact that life does in fact cycle. That life is not always in the most pristine, beautiful form that life gives and life takes. This is life. Death is life. But one thing is assured. It will cycle. It will go on. It will reproduce and rebirth. So we must learn to see and embrace the truth of all aspects of life. Not just what we want to see. Not just what we think is good. Water and life holds creation and destruction. These are not inseparable. They are one. And believe me, just like the pond, where you think there is only beauty, right there lurking in the corner of the pond or below the surface, there is harshness, darkness, shadow, dominance. These are aspects of life on earth. And the key is to find the place of inner peace, inner mindfulness in the midst of these truths of life and death. And within that pond is the lotus, one of the most amazing plants, flowers on the planet because it grows from the thick, mucky, dark mud up through the water, pushing itself up, pushing itself up toward the light until it gets to the surface of the water. And then it opens into this beautiful pink or white lotus flower with all of these delicate petals. It has pushed itself through the life waters, through the muck on the bottom, toward the light. It doesn't give up. It keeps pushing. It keeps rising. It keeps remembering that the light is its birthright. This is why the lotus is often depicted as the flower at the crown chakra, which is your higher spiritual center, your connection to all that is. So see that now. Really embody that. Begin to be that lotus growing from your root chakra up through your sacral chakra waters, up into your solar plexus system um, of empowerment, into your heart, opening your heart to all of life and the cycle of life, up into your throat, your authentic voice, up into your third eye, your gifts and abilities, your metaphysical self, and then at the very top of your crown chakra, let it now open into a thousand petal lotus.
You are the lotus coming from the muck, growing through the waters into the light. Breathe. The lotus knows. The lotus grows. The lotus sows, opening, opening, opening more and more to the light. And here you are, a delicate offering, a, an extension, delicate but resilient, of the life force cycle, coming to the surface with beauty and truth, never giving up, always rising, always opening more and more towards your soul evolution, root to crown, ego to soul. Now let's look at another form of water. Let's look at the icicle is where I'm being guided. The icicle is water that freezes solid. It is frozen in time until it begins to melt. And when we look at it, it looks like a wand that's hanging upside down, frozen. The wand in Wiccan or Pagan traditions is an instrument that helps you to direct energy, to direct your life, to put it on course, to manifest, to be the magician of your own life. To be a magician, like in the tarot card, is to create manifestation. Magic is manifestation. How you direct your energy toward good or bad, toward higher or lower, toward the light or the dark. That's really what magic is. And so the wand is a tool to do so. So here we have the icicle hanging upside down, which seems to be out of its power, right? Because the point is hanging down toward the ground. And it's truly a thing of beauty when you look at an icicle. It shimmers and sparkles in the sunlight, and usually it's melting and maybe dripping some water. And somehow it feels powerful, even in its upside-down, delicate, breakable state. There's something about an icicle that feels powerful, like a magic wand. And what it's trying to say to you, water in this form, is that when you freeze in your life, you create this state of powerlessness, but you are not that. You actually are powerful. When we choose the option of fight or flight or freeze because we don't know how to cope or handle or progress a situation or relationship in our life, we put ourselves in a state of disempowerment like the icicle, but we're not. Our power is just suspended. It's turned upside down. The icicle um, is now showing me the tarot card of the, hang, the hanged man, you know, where he's hanging upside down um, from a tree. It very much, would, to me, is the icicle. If the hanged man would be the water form of the icicle. <laughs> when you look at that card or you look at the icicle, you know it's not going to last forever, that suspended upside-down state. All icicles will melt in time. And when you look at the tarot card, you know that that suspended man 
there's not this feeling that he will hang there forever because he can't, um, we can't stay in that state of limbo, suspension, upside down, unsuredness um, for long. We're there for a reason though. It has value. And the value is to decipher where am I freezing and making no moves in this situation so therefore I cannot have flow. Where am I fighting this situation or creating a fight or drama around it? Or where am I actually running away from it, fleeing from it so that I don't have to see it or deal with it from a place of truth? And so all changes or transformations in our life come from this first step of consciousness, awareness. Um, when you stop judging, blaming the situation, people within it as as something outside of you and you take your power back, you stop freezing, you stop fighting, you stop fleeing and you consciously say, what is my part in this? Because I can only direct and control my own thoughts, emotions, reactions, um, beliefs, what I desire or want in this situation. And when you start to say to yourself, this really comes down to what is it that I truly want here? What can I do? How can I move this situation? That's when you begin the first step of um, accepting something that is happening, allowing it to be as it is, just like the life cycle in the pond, just like the tsunami coming in to destroy something that probably just isn't a part of your life cycle at this point. It might be something that you loved and cherished and you still want to be there, but for whatever reason, it seems like it's just being washed away. It's as if all circumstances are happening in order to wash this situation, this relationship, whatever it is, out of your life. And sometimes, like the hanged man, the icicle, you have to just surrender to the fact that this is happening. But I don't have to be in this state of um, alarm, um, disbelief, hanging upside down, unsuredness, that I can, I can take my power back and say to yourself, water in its true state is always flowing and cycling. What do I need to do to get that flow going in my life again? What do I need to do? Not what do I want this other person to do, overanalyzing a relationship or a situation, just only coming inward, inward like the lotus, and saying, this is my job to rise up. This is my job to um, create my life the way that I want it. So what do I truthfully need to do, see, feel, emote, hear, move towards in order to make that happen? to make that flow come into my life again. Now let yourself go to a creek or a riverbed that is in perfect flow, whether it be fast or slow flow, and see yourself standing or sitting by it. You're watching it and it's showing you that it clearly knows what it is and where it's going. It has a destiny and it is flowing effortlessly toward it. There might be rocks and sticks and stones and silt and things falling from the trees and even people trying to enter the river with rafts or kayaks, but the river just carries it all along. 
because it knows where it's going and it's dedicated to its direction. Where is this an aspect you can learn from in your life? There is a divine cycle here from rain, precipitation, to groundwater, to river, to creek, to lake, to ocean, to evaporation, condensation, and the entire water cycle. It continues regardless of anything that's happening in the earth, in the world, outside of it, because it has its own power, its own path. Nothing changes that, nothing deters that. Is this how you live your life? And there will be large obstacles within the flow of the river or the creek, perhaps a large boulder that fell off the side of a mountain or a large tree that fell into the water, but the water doesn't stop. It finds a path around. So there may be resistance in its path, but it finds a way around and it keeps going. It may need to alter or change its pattern of flow, but it keeps flowing. Where do you do this in your life? Are you doing this in your life? Dip your toes or your fingers in the river now and let yourself become one with its flow around resistance. Breathe. Now let's astral travel to a winter wonderland scene and find yourself in the most beautiful forest covered in a fresh layer of white, pure snow. And you can sense it everywhere, like a blanket. It's just hanging off the tree branches, the bushes, the ground. And it's cold, but somehow it feels warm. Water as snow is pure magic. Pure consciousness, solitude and silence. When you swim in a salty ocean, you have a sense of cleansing, release, purification. But a winter wonderland, a snow walk, is a healing of deep reflection, deep inner, inner reflection inner knower inner knowingness the quietness and the simplicity of a winter walk in the woods almost takes you to a sense of being in a different dimension a different metaphysical place as if you're not on earth any longer this form of water snow in the woods is almost like the quietest place on earth where you can actually hear yourself for the first time, hear your higher self talking to you because everything is quiet. The plant life is quiet. The animal life is pretty quiet. This is where water in this form just lets you fall away. It lets the outside world, the demands, the patterns of your relationships that aren't working, all of that stuff just falls away. Solitude and silence is something that a lot of people are terrified of. They're scared to be alone with themselves. 
and they're scared to not always be running and rushing and having their mind obsessed with thoughts or their body obsessed with actions. Water as snow is even more calming than sitting by a still body of water, a pond, or a slow-moving creek because it is slowed down even more. Its flow is slowed down even more. It's almost a permission to remove yourself from the ego-based world entirely, to take yourself out of any kind of flow and go deep, deep, deep into yourself. It's a retreat, a natural retreat. Um, You know how when you sign up to go for some sort of spiritual retreat, that's kind of what a walk in the snowy woods is like. But there's no human there, no program laid out to guide you. You have to do the work yourself. You have to walk with yourself in the snow, often very deep snow. And get to know yourself, to really go back, back to your childhood, your family of origin, and start to slowly break down with each step in the snow, how your beliefs were formed, how your programs were formed, and start to question them, unravel them, transform them with each step in the deep snow. The snow does not lay the plan out for you. It allows you to walk and develop the plan. Water as snow in the winter season is also a prevalent energy of death and grief. There are those who do not like snow and ice in this season because they think I want flowers and greenery and life and birds chirping. But the winter and the snow is not harsh and unforgiving as we look at it. The life is right there below the snow, readying itself for its next cycle of birth. What if we learned to honor those periods of incubation in our own life instead of feeling that we are stagnant to understand that we are gaining energy for the next big birth in our life. For snow as water teaches us that nothing really dies because every single one of us knows that the winter will come to an end and the spring will come. That is assured. Yet in our own life, do we learn this from the winter season? Or do we fall into self-pity when we feel things aren't going the way that we want? This is why the snow feels like a blanket. It's like a beloved parent covering you up, keeping you warm, nurturing you, cuddling you, assuring you, all will be well, all will come back. So you can have the attitude of, I have to shovel this, I have to drive in this, I have to deal with this all winter long. I can't go outside. It's too cold. This is the attitude of the hopeless ego, the hopeless human. Or you can go and walk on a snowy day and catch a flake on your palm. And if you really look at it, you will see the intricacy of each 
snowflake that falls upon you. Take a picture of it and then look at it, enlarge it, and you will see that every single flake is its own little universe of endless design and possibility. And then say to yourself, all of this possibility is snowing down upon me in the form of water or life. The world that we live in is an endless, exciting experiment. And just because one thing doesn't go the way that you had hoped or planned, find another snowflake, find another possibility, find another kingdom, for they are snowing down upon you. There's never one way. There's always a million times a million times a million times infinity. Okay, now I'm being directed to talk about the ocean and the combination of salt and water. So let yourself go there, see yourself standing by the sea, breathing in the salt uh, water air, or immersing yourself swimming in the sea and allowing the salt to be penetrating your skin and moving into your body to cleanse and purify and to remove any toxicity from your system. But what they want me to um, reiterate with you is that obviously we don't all have access to the sea all the time. Sometimes that's just a, um, you know, a once a year thing or once a lifetime thing or, you know, whatnot, if you don't live close to the ocean. So you can, um, replicate the energy of this by using organic pure sea salts in your bath at home or your shower salt scrubs even um, gargling with salt water is um, that's interesting they're showing me that really big time right now you know if you have a lot of blockages in your throat chakra um, which is your voice, your creative voice coming out, your putting your truth out into the world, not feeling inhibited or inhibiting your voice because of what other people may believe or how they want you to present, etc. Then gargling with um, salt water, pure water, spring water that has organic salt in it is a really great way to open your throat chakra. Of course, if you can't get to the ocean, you can always... Um, visualize that do a guided meditation or a visualization that takes you there because you know you always want to remember that your third eye is your portal into your imagination and imagination is not something that's just for children it is a tool that is built into our dna so that we can travel multi-dimensionally anywhere we want to go or need to be for healing so use your third eye to travel to the ocean and if you don't feel ready to do that on your own, uh, there are so many things on YouTube. There's ocean sounds. There's ocean sounds with guided meditations near the ocean. So maybe start with something like that as well. So salt, which is also a natural element combined with water, is one of the highest purifiers that we have available to us. It's very interesting because right now in my third eye, they're showing me 
alcohol, a glass of wine, a beer, a shot, whatever, any, any form of alcohol, which is also uh, has water base, is liquid, right? And what they're saying is that we overuse that in our society because we have been programmed that that you know you can't go anywhere without seeing alcohol it's it's at you, you can't even go to a baby shower anymore without alcohol being a part of it and in some strange twisted way we think that the consumption the immense consumption of alcohol that we do in our society is somehow linked to you know calming us cleaning us purifying us you know it's what we do at the end of a hard day in quotes when in truth, alcohol is a neurotoxin, and there's no disputing that. Um, it's very interesting that the facts are right there, but we choose not to read them, to see them, to understand that even one glass of alcohol at the end of each day is so neurotoxic to every single part of our body. It is, in fact, doing absolutely nothing that is beneficial for our system. So that little bit of a buzz or an escape or a numbing eventually becomes numbing once you get past uh, the first glass, right? Um, it's not purifying. It's actually toxic. So we need to go back to the natural ways. Now, I'm not telling anybody to sit here and drink salt water. Um, they are showing me the image of gargling it because it's a way of cleansing, you know, and then you you spit it out. Um, the throat chakra, you move it around the mouth and the throat chakra, and then you release it. And so, of course, when you, um, you know, when you spit it out, what you're doing is the water, you know, the salt water will go into the drain, which will drain into Mother Earth, and Mother Earth will take it back, and she will do her thing, which is to transmute it into new, fresh energy. So if you're going to gargle with salt water, um, or take a shower or a bath in salt water, you know, you want to do it with a sense of intention. What is it that you are trying to release and purify? You know, say that to yourself, either out loud in the shower, bath, or while before you're gargling. Set an intention. Um, don't just do it haphazardly. Haphazardly is really how we consume alcohol is what they're saying to me. We don't really do it with intention. It's just like, let me get it down so that I can have a sense of not feeling scared or not feeling anything, not feeling what I want, what I don't want to feel in this particular moment, because that's truly what it's about. It's this sense of just um, disconnecting. Alcohol is about disconnecting. And what we want to do is to connect more to natural elements and water is pure. Alcohol is toxic. Okay, so this combination of salt and water what does that really mean when we say purify, cleanse, detox our system? Well, what they're saying to me is that we are, in fact, an energy magnet. Because one of the universal laws is that energy attracts like energy, um, we, we are magnets for, and, we, and, and also in combination with the fact that everything is one. We are always picking up on the energy around us, the energy in the work environment, the family environment, a particular house or building or historic place that we go. Um, every single thing, object and is energy and anything that has happened in that, in that particular place has an energy to it. And because we are built to process and transmute energy, transmute means to take energy in one form and turn it into another form. We will do that unconsciously because we are built to do that. So it's about becoming more conscious of the energy around you.
the energy you're allowing in, the energy that is directed at you, trying trying to actually get to you, um, maybe way other people are thinking about you, way they're obsessing about you, thoughts they're sending your way, you know, ill wishes they're sending your way, etc. If you want to know more about this in particular, you can listen to my last podcast, which was about Archangel Michael and how we really protect our energy on a daily basis. The point here is that the water-salt combination, water itself is miraculous in this area, but when you combine it with the power of salt, you really have a dynamic duo. And we have to be conscious of our energy and on the regular be uh, detoxing our self, our thoughts, when our thoughts get repetitive in a way that is inauthentic or not for our highest good, when our emotions start to rule our life, they're not meant to rule us. They're meant to be messengers um, and we get kind of lost in them. It's time to be more conscious of um, rinsing, okay, rinsing, flushing that out of your system. So find different ways to use water to do that. Uh, okay, I'm going to give a disclaimer here that this next part that they're showing me is kind of like a little gross, but I'm going to tell you what I'm being shown. Um, I'm 50, going to be 54. So yeah, I came from that generation when I was growing up that my parents and grandparents were all about the concept of using an enema. Um, I don't think that's something that people really do anymore, but an enema was like uh, this, I don't even remember what the apparatus or tool was, but you would actually buy buy it in a drugstore and you would like squirt it with like this little uh, hand pump thing. It was basically squirting water uh, up your, your anus. I don't know another way to say it. And it was about, you know, now I don't know what it was used for. And I remember having it done on me as a kid a couple of times, but it was something that, you know, they thought that they were flushing something out of your system. So I'm asking my spirit team right now why they are showing me that. And they are linking it to the root chakra. Um, they're not saying that you all should run out and get yourself, do yourself a salt enema. That's not what I'm saying at all. What they're saying is that that concept was very um, heavily used for a period of time because people were unknowingly, what they were trying to do was to detoxify a lot of root chakra issues. And root chakra is when you're really in your your body, your humanness, you know, and a lot of your fear is attached down there. It's a lower um, vibrational chakra. That doesn't mean that it's bad or unnecessary because it is, but it's really about your health, your body, your family of origin, um, the groups that you belong to, having a sense of belonging, your karma that you're carrying from this lifetime and all lifetimes. So there's a lot of heaviness and density there, and it was this idea of people wanting to flush that out so that they could actually then begin to climb the chakra system. Uh, they're also saying to me that there was in those those days a lot more than now, you know, a duty that you were told you had a duty to the religion you were raised in. You know, so the, the root chakra is a lot of foundational things, organizational things, you know, the the politics you belong to the family the the um the socioeconomic economic status of your family um those patterns that were repeated in your family maybe of abuse or alcoholism all of that would be really heavy dense stuff that's stored in that root chakra and the root chakra 
essentially you if it's in its high vibration you have a sense of safety stability shelter and protection so um there there was a lot of use of the the enema as a concept of flushing or trying to renew those energetic themes and the point here is that you know uh when we okay what they're saying is that when we detoxify or purify our system it doesn't have to be harsh um, there was a period of time where we felt like everything that we did to do that had to be really, you know, harsh, manhandled. Um, there are softer, gentler, more natural ways to do it by just immersing yourself in salt water or using salt, salt baths, salt showers at home. But the point is that we do need to, on the regular, be consistent and have a practice that works for us with detoxifying our system. Because our, our system, our body, does take on. Our body will take on our emotions and our thoughts, uh, our repetitive patterns, our shadows, that, anything that is secret that we're not dealing with or not facing. It will take on those aspects. And by the time it uh, penetrates the, your auric field and gets into your body, you don't want it to go that far. You want to be cleansing and purifying on the regular because what happens is it now becomes a physical manifestation within your body, which means that it is going to become some form of dis-ease. It could be migraine headaches. It could be heart disease. It could be just about anything that you can imagine within your body system. So what they're showing me now is um, a Tibetan bowl. And I don't know if this works within a crystal bowl as well, but I would imagine that it would. Um, so what they're saying to me is in a way, a way to really be more gentle um, and get away from a harsh treatment like the enema that I just talked about is to put um, water, combine water and vibration and sound, okay? So sound does create vibration. So by putting some water in your, um, I know this can be done because I've seen it done, putting water in your, uh, your Tibetan bowl and um, I'm not sure about crystal. I'm not going to tell you to do that because I don't know if it would dissolve the type of uh, the, the stone there. You could research that. But uh, definitely in a metal bowl, you could put water. And then as you use the mallet around the outside, you will see that the water in there will start to, from the vibration of the sound, will start to dance and jump and spurt and, you know, just create this beautiful patterns of like dancing water, you know, like a fountain. And so what they're saying to me is... Um, Tell people that that is a great way to detoxify your system, uh, the combination of the, the vibration, sound, and water. Um, and you might be able to put some salt in your metal bowl as well. The point is that um, as we ascend into new earth ways, that we have to find joyful, peaceful, harmonic ways to cleanse and detoxify our system. Um, a lot of times we think that, you know, we got to flood the house and we got to burn down the house and we got to blow everything out like a, you know, a tsunami. And um, often we just need to take a deep breath and find a way that is peaceful. When we are harsh on ourselves, we create more harshness. Um, you know, this idea, they're showing me this, you know, the uh, linear aspect of force and resistance, force being on one end and resistance being on the other end. 
And um, neither one of these concepts, we have to balance it and come to the middle point of that linear line because resisting something and forcing something are not aspects of flow. And water is always about flow. And now they're showing me a waterfall. So when you think about a waterfall, it is an area where the water from the river has come to a point that now there is a drop-off. And when you stand there and you look at that waterfall, it's very um, effortless, the drop-off. It's majestic. It's powerful. It's probably the most uh, one of the most powerful aspects of watching water in motion is watching it drop over a waterfall. It's this idea of a mad flow to the bottom, mad flow to the to the the foundation of your destiny. There's absolutely no resistance when you're watching that and there actually is no force. You may watch a waterfall and think, "Oh, there's so much force." There's a difference between force and power. The water has come to a point where it is divinely meeting its um, destiny and it is doing that with excessive power but an effortless ease of power so it's very important to examine these concepts that water teach in your own life where are you creating resistance where are you stepping into and allowing your true power where are you forcing your power because when you're forcing it will feel forced when you are effortlessly in your power and putting it out into the world with things that you do or your voice, it feels effortless like flow. And again, going back to your intentions, the concept of flow only occurs because you're listening to your inner knowings, you're setting intentions, and you have complete trust and belief in them. And then when they become that waterfall and they fall to their destiny, then you've achieved flow. And and honestly, that flow can happen and must happen before you actually get to the destiny. Because oftentimes we think, well, I'm trying to do this, get a book published. Let's use that as an example. If you're not in flow all along, then you're not going to reach the waterfall moment where you fall to your destiny because it's going to be a struggle. A struggle to write, having writer's block, a struggle believing in yourself. Um, you must always hold that concept and intention that I know this is what I was born to do and I will not follow linear time um, or you know rejections in the world world as a uh, reflection of what I know is my true divine soul path. I will believe in divine timing and I will believe in divine plan and I will keep moving forward in flow. And flow always is aligned with joy. You have to be in joy and passionate about whatever it is that you're doing. When you, you know, when you start to lose that, then whatever it is, that friendship, that relationship, that job, that creative aspect, whatever, it just falls away um, because there's no more joy attached to it. So the last aspect of water that I'm being asked to talk about is um, how when you throw a pebble or into uh, a pebble or stone into uh, water, how it creates these concentric 
um, circles that just keep opening up within each other and just expand out into the water. Um, this is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about because obviously water has so many forms um, that we could, uh, this could be, a, there could be an entire podcast that every single, um, every single podcast session would be about some other aspect of water. So maybe somewhere down the line, you know, we'll tap into this water energy again, but I'm going to, they're telling me that I should end on this right now. And um, then you can take some time to journal and meditate on other aspects of water that might come up for you while you're listening to this. Because it is a um, everlasting, you know, tool for us to continue to work with. Um, and again, really take that in because a lot of times we think that we need a program or a book or a guru, um, you know, to to teach and show us the way. And not that those things, of course, they are beneficial, but the point is that we have so many natural elements right outside our door available free to us every single day. Um, you know, water, fire, wind, earth, all the aspects of earth. Um, and we just need to remember to tune into them more. And actually, I'm going to be, that's something big I'm going to be doing this year, which is um, I want to go back to doing leading goddess circles in uh, my community. And but I also have had this idea well before the pandemic because nature has been such a healer for me many times in my life that I wanted to do a nature circle where every time we would meet, I would, we would pick a different aspect of nature. Um, it could be, okay, cave. It could be um, thunderstorm. It could be an animal, wolf. And that would be the focus of that circle for the evening. And we would really dive deep by doing a, I would do a channeled meditation around that. Then we would talk about what came up for people, what they saw and heard during the meditation. Um, and then we would really go deep with some sort of activity or discussion around that nature element. Like where is it really teaching us and healing us? Um, so I'm definitely going to be trying to do that this year. And I feel like this is the divine timing for that this year. Um, all right, so back to this concept of the, the water creating these beautiful patterns of concentric circles. What they're pointing my attention to is that when you throw that stone into the water, the circles ripple out. So what this is teaching you here is that everything that you think, do, believe, perceive, react to, um, every single thing about you is energy and your energy when you're making choices is always rippling out. It's rippling out into your family, your community, your state, your country, and then the entire planet Earth as well as out into the cosmos. Those ripples are eternal. So this means that you have a sacred duty in how you carry yourself, in how you ripple out. And you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware that that is a truth. A lot of people just take absolutely no responsibility for the way that they present, the way that they feel about things, the way that they project things onto other people, the way that, you know, maybe their um, attitude about life ripples out and it is then uh, a part of uh, the totality of the animals, the plant kingdom, the, the earth itself, other people. 
So just I want to make a disclaimer here. I'm not saying that if you are somebody who is experiencing um, extreme grief, sorrow, depression, anxiety, that you are, I am judging you or that, that the spirit is judging you or that you are a bad person. Um, these periods of uh, up and down, ebb and flow, like water ebbs and flows, is this this polarity, duality, is a part of the earth experience. So you're not being judged for that. But the rippling of the concentric circles is just reminding you very gently, because when you watch that, it's a very soothing experience, you know. Think about it. And um, it's just reminding you that you are in charge of your energy and that you do have the power to change how you ripple out. So um, any of us who have experienced depression, anxiety, grief, all of these more lower, denser, heavier emotions, you know, we want to get out of that feeling. Um, but there is something there to be learned from it. And, you know, that's the key is, you know, finding out what that is. And then when you transcend um, and really transmute, transcend means to get above, but transmute means to take it and turn it into something positive. When you do that, you then change, um, you change, you're able to change that for other people. Just doing it alone does that. But then if you actually take it one step further and start to talk about your circle of energy and you start to send it out, ripple it out in a way that inspires and serves other people to really look at themselves. Um, now you're really doing, now you're really doing the higher work. Uh, one example I can think of this is, you know, I love when I see stories on Instagram where people utilize their Instagram page to talk about their journey with drugs or alcohol um, and how they um, rose above that, you know, and they tell you the truth of the lowest low that they were at. And that part of the story is important. It's vital because that's the foundation. That's the starting point. And it has to be honored and revered um, and not judged because it's from that first circle that they start to grow and uh, ripple out and learn about themselves. And then they learn coping skills and spiritual skills and, you know, the combination of that intersection between understanding their humanity and their divinity, which, again, I always say this, but the cross, to me, the cross that Jesus died on is about our humanity and our divinity. How are we taking our humanity and making it divine? And how are we taking our divinity and bringing it into the real world um, so that it, it assists other people? I find these stories... They are the epitome of the concentric circles in, in the water because these people are taking their devil and they are making it dance. Dance for the joy and the beauty of finding the joy and the beauty in their own life and then showing other people it can be done and here's how I did it or here's how I can help you do it. And it's also the epitome of truth telling and the truth will always set you free, and put you into flow or forward movement. So where in your life do you need to throw a stone out into the real world and create ripples of inspiration, of celebration, of happiness, of joy, of alignment, of um, you know vitality? This can be within your own self-love, which it always starts there anyway, or it can be within a group or a community or your family. Because we are circles within circles. 
and we are always vibrating upon each other. Um, I'll give you an example from my own life, a personal share, and that is that in our family, we made a decision that we were going to take alcohol out of the equation as far as when we were together as a family because it became to a point where it was just too big a part of our um, of our time together and it was creating havoc in various ways as alcohol does. So no more alcohol at birthdays, holidays, our pool days, uh, when we do a barbecue on the deck, if we go somewhere on a picnic. We just, when we are together as a family unit, it is just a, not a part of the equation anymore. So we threw that stone out into the water, and I have to say that the ripples that came from it have been miraculous. We learned very quickly that we did not need that to have fun. We did not need it to relax. We did not need it. It was actually impeding our communication. We have had so much more deep philosophical, spiritual discussions and we've actually had more real genuine laughter and humor. The focal point of our time together has been about, you know, having fun, um, you know, play. It's not, it's not about, you know, what's the drink or how much drink is left. We look forward to just being together, that that is everything. That is more than enough. And sometimes when you have things that actually have a toxic background to them, um, as part of your get-togethers. And sometimes that could just be the kind of food you eat. You know, I hate to say this because I know people don't like to hear it, but a lot of times our get-togethers just with our families always involve those super fatty, bad sugars, bad fat, you know, those kind of foods. Like why do we link that with celebration per se? Um, because we know that those things, alcohol, etc., really just end up dulling us, making us feel yucky, making us feel heavy, they don't really, um, it, you know, imbue a sense of lightness, vitality, play. Um, so you, I think you get what I'm saying here. So be aware of your energy and understand that, you know, you don't have the right to, <laughs> I'm getting this image of like two little kids, you know, when you're in the pool, when you're little and splashing each other. You don't have the right. And the other kid is saying, please stop splashing me or you're trying to dunk them. Um, the analogy that their spirit is trying to make here is that we often think that we can take our, you know, misery loves company. We want misery loves company sometimes because we want to feel like we're not alone. Um, and so you kind of splash and dunk other people, project onto them and blame them, all of that stuff where you're just kind of like, um, I'm not happy with how I'm feeling or thinking, so I'm going to inundate you with it. Or I'm just going to try to make you feel bad because I'm having a bad day. These are very low forms of working with your energy. You are responsible for how you ripple your energy out into your relationships and situations. Okay, so I'm going to close for now and um, let me send the chakra to your solar plexus. So focus your attention on your um, abdomen. This is your personal seat of power. And let's ask that the Reiki energy stay with you and the element of water, which came through for us today, stay with you and continue to teach and heal you in new ways moving forward through February. Chakra, chakra, chakra. The Reiki energy is now sealed in your body, in your aura. And this healing session is complete. Mm -hmm.
Reiki blessings, everyone. And today's Valentine's Day. So I also want to say happy Valentine's Day. Sending love from my heart to yours. And I hope this podcast on the water element, which I want to give thanks to the water element for coming through today in the various forms that it did, was beneficial to you in opening you up to a new way of looking at healing on your spiritual path. I want to close by thank you for being here. If you would like to send me a message or an idea on a podcast theme, you can email me at runningonreiki at gmail.com. If you're interested in scheduling a distance Reiki energy healing session with a vision and message that comes through for you, um, you can go to my Dream a Little Reiki webpage to learn more about my services and you can email me um, at runningonreiki at gmail.com to begin the process of booking a session and telling me what your intentions are for healing. I also do Reiki Oracle card readings for any specific life path questions that you have. You can book that separate or with your Reiki healing session. And I also have a Dream a Little Designs Etsy shop where I create all kinds of spirit art. Um, I do you as goddess, self-love portraits, or if you're a, ma a masculine, a male, I will also um, do your portrait. And I do, I channel your spirit guide, your guardian angels, um, any particular beloved goddesses that you work with. I do paintings of that. I do past life paintings and much, much more. So you can check all that out if you're interested in a piece of meditation art. You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, and those are all called Running on Reiki. You can find all of my links in the bio to um, this podcast. And on those pages, I utilize them to do daily um, Reiki video sends or um, group consciousness card readings. So that's a good place to see how I serve in action. Or as the water element would like to say, how I serve in flow. Sending you so much love. Happy Valentine's Day. You are love and you are loved by the universe and that I am which created you. Blessings, blessings, blessings. This is Sherry and you've been listening to Running on Reiki.